Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I have something. Now, last week you were talking about you're afraid you're going to be an assassin by accident. Yeah. I've got a similar sort of thing. Sometimes I vary my routine just in case a hitman's watching me. <laughs> so I, I take an extra, like I go around the block before I go to uni or something, <laughs> just in case like someone's tailing me and is trying to work out my routine. Do you honestly think that someone would be a hitman? I think about you... this. Sometimes I turn the lights on at home, like different parts of the house. What makes you so valuable that someone would want to kill you though? Well, they're not going to because my routine is so crazy, <laughs> they can't get a handle on me. So unpredictable. What's he going to do next? This isn't worth the boss. That's what the guy says. <laughs> Look who it is. <laughs> I only like you. Podcast where we talk about people we hate, movies that we hate sometimes, like this week. <laughs> <laughs> Just an all around fun time. Yeah. Well, we like to like movies, but sometimes we don't like movies and we have to talk about that. And that's okay. You don't have to like every movie. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, you didn't introduce me, by the way. Oh, this is Sine. Hi. He's all right. <laughs> Boyfriend and girlfriend sort of thing going on. You know what the gist is by now. <laughs> it is your first one, yeah. Anyway, this week we've seen Suicide Squad, which we have some issues with. But to begin our issues this week, we have issues with... Rule breakers. Yeah. <laughs> Lonnie and I are very... I say we're very square people. And yep. I use, I don't really know what that means. I think it means we don't do drugs. Is that what that means? I suppose it encompasses that. <laughs> we like rules and we like to follow them. I think, is it square like we're in the box sort of thing? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Like you're a square, you do things that are in, you don't think outside the. Are other people's circles? I don't know. Round. It's like a 50s sort of term, isn't it? Oh, showing my age. Lonnie and I like to follow rules. We believe rules exist to create order, peace, and harmony in the world. And if you have to break a rule, there should be a good reason for it. Not just because you feel like it. Not just I'm a lazy person. It's a bit harsh. No, that's what some rule breakers are. They cut in line because they can't be bothered waiting the line. Ooh. You know? Already you're worked up. <laughs> or walk on the grass because it's easier to walk on the grass than it is to follow the path. <laughs> I agree with you. You're just very worked up about this. Follow the rules. <laughs> this started with, I was on the bus on the way home from work the other day. And there's a clear sign on the bus that says no food or drink is to be consumed on this vehicle, right? The girl in front of me, up the back, had like a, I don't know, like a styrofoam container full of food. That she needed a knife and fork to eat. What was she eating? I'm not actually sure what it was, right? But it stank. It was disgusting. What, is, what did it smell like? Grossness. <laughs> That's not a smell. <laughs> a 
That's not the point. The point isn't the smell. The point is. Well, it's kind of the point. She was no. Can you let me tell the story? Yes. She was ducking down and like trying to pretend like she wasn't eating. Like you know what you're doing. You know that you're not allowed to eat on the on the bus, but yet you have you're eating on the bus. And you know she could be running late. She could be coming from the hospital where her dad's dying and didn't get a chance to eat, etc., etc. I'm sure she had reasons. But I just feel like it's all well and good while she's eating. The minute she spills food on the fabric of the seat, all hell breaks loose, Lonnie. Well, what if everyone's got a good reason and everyone's eating and then the bus like gets to an accident and everyone like gets burnt because of food and whatever? What if the bus was in an accident and during the accident the food that she was holding fell onto the floor and then when we all had to make an escape to get out of the fiery wreckage, we slipped on the melted cheese that was in the food and then we got trapped and died? Mm-hmm. Well, not even that, Sine. What if you just drop your hot sort of food and you like ruin the seat and then that bus has to go get repaired and then all of a sudden there's one less bus on the bloody route you know all because you couldn't wait till you got home to have dinner yep or waited a few minutes beforehand to have dinner before you get on the bus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same thing with having a drink i suppose if you spill your drink same principle i think water's fine oh i think like bottled water's fine yeah it's if you have like a coke or something sticky or yeah like something in a cup i guess yeah um i was on the train once and there was an older Asian woman who had, like, wet wipes. And she wiped out the seat before she sat down <laughs> and, like, wiped everything around her that she touched. A bit too far, probably. But maybe she's been burnt before by sitting on a sticky seat. Maybe. Maybe we all need to carry wet wipes and be doing this. Yeah. Maybe well, these she... people are going to be eaten. <laughs> but what about the movies when there are, like, ticketed seats and people can't be bothered to sit in the right seat? That is probably... I probably hate that above murder. It's pretty bad. Like, it's pretty high on my list of things that I hate in society. Because if we all just sit in the seats that we're supposed to sit in, <sighs> it wouldn't matter. And then there's these stupid people who are like, oh, it's not that busy, I'll just sit wherever I want to sit. And then more people come in when the movie's starting and they're like, um, excuse me, I think you're in my seat. And then they all have to get the tickets out and look at what seat it was. And then they pretend like, oh, is this your seat? Yeah, I didn't even realise. And then they go sit somewhere else without looking at their ticket. Remember that time those two people yeah. did that? It's just chaos then. Buddy, what's that game called where everyone's sitting in the seats? Musical chairs? Yeah, like that. <laughs> Except worse. Awful game. Because there's no music. It's a really bad game. No one likes it. <laughs> no one likes musical chairs. I just don't understand what the issue is. If you get a ticket that has an assigned seat on it, why can't you sit in that seat? You get to choose. The people ask you, front, middle, or back. You could request back to the side or whatever. Backside. <laughs> and... <laughs> So you have chosen the area where you want to sit and then you get in and you're like, oh, actually, I don't want to sit there anymore. I want to just choose wherever I want to sit. Crazy. I think sometimes people who haven't aren't used to that sort of system, but also people who are young and whatever just want to be lazy. Yeah, they're just shitheads. Awful people. About that time we saw Deadpool and we sat in our assigned seat and it was next to some old lady, a middle-aged lady. And she was real mean to you. Yeah, she was awful. Because she was like, oh, you're sitting a bit close to me or something. Like, I'm just sitting in the seat I'm supposed to sit in. She was so mean. We sat, I said, I think this is my seat because she had her handbag next to her. Yeah, she did. And she looked, she just stared at me and went, um, no offense, but bit close. And then they gave us the most awful look and then moved a few seats down. I didn't choose 
to like you sit would, there. You would just sit in your seat. That's where my ticket was. She's the rule breaker in the situation. She You're was, the rule follower. Yeah. And why am I getting bullied and being mean to in a situation where I'm doing the right thing? That Ridiculous. still haunts me. I'm, I still get really upset by that encounter because it really. Let's talk about it now. We'll get some, get she, it off your chest. <laughs> she really made me feel like I'd done something wrong. Or like I was like, I don't know, like deeply offending her or like, it's not like the whole cinema was free and I chose to sit right next to her. Like that would be a bit weird. I was literally following, I have my tickets out too, looking at the seat numbers to make sure that I was sitting in the right spot. And I just don't know what I did wrong in that situation. Nothing, you were just sitting down in your own seat. You can see why people don't go to the movies, hey, because it's sort of chaos. And the fact that I always get stuck next to people who talk, always. That's another, that's another rule, isn't it? Don't talk through the movies. Don't talk through the freaking movies. I don't understand. If you, what did we see the other day, which had the two guys that were chatting in front of us? Born. It was when we saw Born. There were two kind of middle-aged old guys chatting in front of us. Mate, you can chat with your mate when you're at home, when you're watching with beer on the couch. Don't chat about every single scene when you're in the cinema. We can all hear you. It's really annoying. Usually it's old ladies who comment on things. Like, oh, "Oh, who's that actor? They comment. Oh, Oh, look, there he is. Yeah, or an actor comes on the screen. They're like, that's Brad Pitt. Thank you. Thank you so much for telling the whole cinema. We didn't know that until you told us. And you know what I hate? What? When I go to movies without you, which doesn't happen very often these days, but Mm. previously, if you're stuck at the movie with someone who is a talker and you're not a talker, and they're trying to talk to you the whole movie. Oh. They're trying to like, like, like get an elbow into you and stuff. Like, you seeing this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing it. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> That's literally the purpose that you're here for—to watch the movie. We went to the movies with somebody I'm not gonna talk about because I hate her, but you know the person I'm talking about. Mm. And every time there was like a joke on screen, she turned, looked at me, and smiled, and like, I can see the joke. <laughs> I can see the joke on the screen. I don't need this <laughs> extra encouragement to laugh at the joke. Don't to you too, though. I like when you do it. Oh. <laughs> I do it when something exciting's happening and I look at you to see if you're excited yeah, too. Yeah, that's, that's cute, though, when you do it. Aw. Actually, maybe it's just, I hate somebody. I think it's just because you hate that person. <laughs> yeah, everything they do, I hate them. <laughs> Last night, too, when we saw Suicide Squad, I was surrounded by, like, all of the young 20-year-old boys in Queensland. I'm sorry. Who... <laughs> I'll go sit somewhere else. I meant in addition to close. you... <laughs> the ones that were around us there was an array of smells around us last night and it was all from it was all boy smell you know i reckon there was some girl smell no it was no lonnie maybe maybe no. there, was, there was some girls more on my side that was the disgusting like perfume they that they were wearing <laughs> that was the disgusting perfume that they were wearing yeah that's what i meant yeah but the boys smelled like boy like unshowered oh. teenage boy uh yeah What's the girls don't smell like? <laughs> it, it all contributed, what I'm trying to say. It was disgusting. It was so gross. Probably suited the movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> Very much made for men. Yeah. So, the movie. Right. Now we're on that subject. Yes. We have thoughts. I, so, my thoughts aren't very coherent. Okay. I just want to preface it with that. Because they usually like, are. I love you too. <laughs> They're more like just snapshot things. I still don't really know how to feel about the movie as a whole. I don't think I liked it, 
But then I don't think I hated it. Yeah. I don't think it's as bad as everyone's saying. It's like I got like 27 on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably not that bad. So what what are the issues that people have with it though? Same sort of stuff that you said as we left. A bit jumpy. Just sort of like scenes put together, not really coherently mm. a film. Um, weak villain. Actors are good, but the story lets them down. Mm. And like overuse of music, trying to be like Guardians of the Galaxy, but not doing it anywhere near as oh, good. Oh, yeah. It's really weird, hey? I didn't know. I didn't think about that until you said that. But yeah, they use Bohemian Rhapsody. They use Harley's Got a Song. What's that song? You Don't Own Me or whatever. Like the whole first 20 minutes of the movie, just different songs just jammed yeah, together. Yeah, it's really strange. Like, it's kind of the point of what they're trying to do, but it's really bad, I thought. Yeah. I found um, that it was really fragmented. It kind of had like, it went one storyline and then they got to the good bit and then just right when they got to the good bit, they switched to like another scene about something completely mm, different. Mm-hmm. And it was really like the flashbacks that were in there didn't really. Well, see, the flashbacks just came for no reason every now and then. Yeah. Just like, well, he's time for a flashback. Yeah. Um, flashbacks usually should be there just if like. We really need to see what happened in the past. To you know? fill in the gaps, yeah. Or like audiences like just dying to know what's going on. None of the flashbacks really added anything, did they? No, I don't think they did. And I feel like the flashbacks of Harley were really interesting but didn't really have a lot of relevance to this particular story. Well, it made me just want to have a Harley and Joker movie. That's, it seemed like they, that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. In which case, why not just save all those moments for that kind of movie? They didn't really fit into this movie yeah so harley was pretty good she was good but i think maybe because she because margo was so good it made the shit actors look even more shit mm. so she plays off um will smith really well yeah but the rest of the supporting cast i didn't give a crap about yeah. i didn't care about the fire guy or the croc man it was really highly in deadshot's movie mm. and because she was so good supporting actors were just awful like laughable some of the lines mm. they'd say a line and the whole audience would crack up because it was so like cringy yeah um and that's not a good indication when you're no. watching a movie i don't think it was trying to be like that was it, it was... no when you're laughing at performances that aren't supposed to be funny like yeah. that there's yeah. a bit of a problem there i think as well when you said about the music like it was trying a bit too hard to be something i felt also it was kind of trying a bit too hard to be funny or cool for example, Jai Courtney's character has a pink unicorn just because, oh, it's funny that this big butch guy's got a pink fluffy unicorn as his good luck mm. charm. And there's a line that the croc says where he goes, I am beautiful. And, of course, all the 20-year-old idiots in the audience laughed at that because, like, oh, that's so funny. It's just stupid. Like, mm. I didn't think it was very clever at all. And then it tries. It tried to do, like, some emotional soppy bits but didn't really badly, like Will Smith's kid not care about that at all no you know it was just like he needed something to know that he's not quite that bad and i read a couple of reviews last night and it was like it's one of those classic pg hollywood movies where everyone talks about how bad they are but don't actually do anything bad yeah <laughs> you know? that's very true yeah no one did anything that bad did no they? no they were like oh we're the bad guys we're the bad guys we're the bad guys yeah but they didn't really do anything because yeah that at the beginning they like showed a few of them um like getting into prison but most, most of them stuff. were just in prison already and it's like yeah. oh this, these guys are bad because they're bad you know mm. i feel like too they weren't that bad like why was jai courtney's character 
in the same league as like Deadshot. Well, the idea is that this is the the Suicide Squad, like the worst of the worst, and they're gonna protect us because Superman's not around anymore. And say there's some sort of thing that we need help with. We need like, like metahuman superheroic heroic strength help with, like, but. Dry Courtney just throws a boomerang. Yeah, that's literally it. And they're up against a witch as well who has, like, magic powers. Yeah, that was totally unequal, the fight they're yeah. up against. They're yeah. up against, like, someone more powerful than Superman in this universe. Are there no people in this universe who have powers that are bad? Well, yeah, like, but this, this, the sort of badness they, that, that she had could have been dealt with by the Flash or somebody else. Yeah. We didn't specifically need these people who aren't that metahuman. In the fight scene, she was winning because she was just, like, popping up behind them and could travel through time and space. Get Flash in there, it'll be over in two seconds. Well, get this. She's Enchantress, and so she's got really powerful things. She was shown, like, destroying a satellite and, like, taking out millions of people at one... And then she gets to the end and she has to fight them hand-to-hand. Like, you could just destroy these people. Yeah. I hate that when they have, like, all these powers and then they just end up punching, like, having a fist fight. Yeah. You could literally kill this person in two seconds. Yeah, and she spent the last time like putting memories in their head, like like fantasies in their yeah, head. Yeah, like, yeah. Just kill them. You you don't care about it. You just kill them. Well, that leads to the fact that she was really undeveloped as a character, though. Oh yeah. Like this is my biggest problem with these sort of movies, which yeah. I, I love superhero movies, but mm. when the villain is awful and the, the heroes or you know the the protagonists in this case aren't that great either, it's a really boring movie, isn't it? Yeah. The brother came from nowhere. Her brother and well, why was she just leaving? So. Just in some context, you open up this little like like um, figurine, and there's this spirit of a evil witch thing. Yeah, and, and she was just leaving around their office, so anyone <laughs> could find them. Ridiculous. I just didn't really get the point. So they, what was she angry about? She, they were once worshipped by the humans, and then not anymore. But if they're worshipped by humans, why are they? Why were they captured in these sides of these little figurine things? I don't know. How I have no happen? idea. Just waiting for someone to come along and open it. Oh. I've got no idea. I reckon if this was the Suicide Squad's, like, first mission, it should have been something a bit more low-key. Mm. should have been something that these people could have actually helped against, that regular people, like, regular army couldn't have. Yeah. But this wasn't the, the story because it was so, like, we need... I hate when the people, like, writers are like, oh, it needs to be some sort of world-ending disaster every time. I agree. I When... I think we've spoken about this before. I'm not sure if we've done it on the podcast or not, but in superhero films, I feel like they always feel the need that they have to save the world. Like there's no stakes unless the world is in danger. The best stories are when you have to save this one person or it's a smaller story about, Mm -hmm. you know, Batman just trying to defeat the Joker to save these people on the ferry. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like not not saving the whole of the world because a witch is casting a spell or something. Mm -hmm. Like you can't empathize with the whole world. You can empathise with one other person. Yeah. Somewhat ironically, by scaling down the the um, danger, yeah. you actually increase the danger. Yeah. You make you? it more You make it more visceral. Yeah. Because like Superman saving the whole world, it's kind of cool, but we've seen it before and also it's really hard to get that in your head. But yeah, mm. Batman saving one city or one family or Jessica Jones fighting one guy yeah. in, or Daredevil fighting one one guy in one part of New York. Yeah. It's so much better, isn't it? It's much stronger, much stronger. A lot of things in the film were sloppy, weren't they? Yeah. I think that's their biggest problem. It's just sloppy. It wasn't like 
terrible. It wasn't great. It was just sloppy, a lot of it. It was sloppy in story structure as well as technically. Yeah. So I felt like story-wise, there's this big reveal where the main army guy, you're supposed to realise, well, Deadshot realises that he's actually um, with, is it June, the girl yeah. who's, like, possessed by Enchantress. Yeah. It's supposed to be this big reveal. But the audience already knew that. They knew it from the beginning, yeah. So I don't really know what that was for or how we were supposed to react. Well, it was just a reason for them to hate the army, but they already hate the army dude, so what's... I don't know why they need another reason for it. Yeah. And the other thing was, there's a huge... In terms of technical issues, there's a huge fight scene, the big fight scene of the film, and they've got so... They've got, like, 50 smoke machines making all this smoke. Mm. You can't see a single (laughs) thing of the fight. It's really dark, isn't it? I don't really understand what the point of that is. It's supposed to make it look cool. There's no point, like, adding in all these effects if you can't see what's going on Mm -hmm. as an audience member. See, there's no problem having fight scenes and big ending scenes during the day. No. (laughs) Why do they always have to take place at night? (laughs) I don't know. Well, Marvel doesn't do it always. That's true. Avengers was in the day. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There are also huge continuity issues in this film and they're one of my pet peeves, especially when they're really obvious because it takes you out of the world of the movie Mm -hmm. and you remember that it's a constructed thing. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's not like by accident, not not, not a technical purpose. Like there were so many shots where like Harley was crouching or something and then the next shot she was walking next to Deadshot Mm -hmm. and you're just like, well, what happened? And there's not enough time for her to have gotten up or anything. So I just... That's another example of the sloppiness, you know, little things. There's no attention to detail with this. And it really is something so little, but it pulls you out of that mm. immediately and, and goes, oh, I'm watching a film. The thing is that, that David um, Ayer, I think, I think that's how you say his name, he's a really good director. Mm. He did Fury a couple of years ago and you know, some other really good films. So I wonder if, like, if he was trying to do something else and the studio came in and, like, I wonder if, like, in a couple of years we'll find out the true story about what happened behind the scenes yeah, because this yeah. doesn't seem like the sort of film that he would make. Well, my I reckon what's happened is the um, studio's gotten involved again mm. and forced them to make something, you know, production-wise that they didn't really want to. Yeah, and there was some sort of battle going on somewhere. Yeah. As is often the case with these big movies. Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder if in the, in the future we'll, we'll hear what his vision wanted to be. Like you hear that sometimes about mm. these big movies, what how the um, filmmaker was like. No, it often down. sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah. You're like, I wish you could have made that film that you wanted to make. Mm. There were some good good moments in it though, but I felt like all the good lines were in the trailer. We'd already seen all mm. the funny bits. And did you hate that when you're in, in the cinema like the first week and so it's all the fans who want to see the movie yeah. and then a funny bit happens and no one laughs because everyone's already seen the trailer a million times. That happens so many times, and yeah. Like, and so it was just like, just get past it, you know. Just get past this bit that we'd already seen and then yeah. into something new. Mm-hmm. And I felt like all those jokes anyway were still very set up punchline, set up punchline, like there were really one-liner jokes. There mm. was no situational comedy. There was no, like, banter. It was all very structured of this is yeah. the funny bit now, <laughs> which obviously doesn't make it very funny. Mm. I thought, honestly, overall, there were two good bits in this movie. Okay. <laughs> and I know that sounds really harsh, okay. but that's how I felt. The one bit I liked is when... Um, they turn up to rescue Viola Davis when they all thought they were rescuing someone else and she shoots all of her staff mm. underground. 
I don't see why she did that, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it had no relevance, but it was pretty awesome because it made you question, like, who's the real evil sort of yeah, thing? You yeah. know, she's just as bad as they are, etc. Mm-hmm. And the other good moment, the other good use of visual effects was the first time June turned into Enchantress when her arm was on the bench mm. and then the, she had the black hand go through and then turn it over and yeah. she became Enchantress. That was very horror-like. Yeah, it? that was mm. super cool. I have another good thing. Yep. Jared Leto. It's pretty good. He was, yeah, actually, he was really good. However, either he should have been in it, like, like not at all, and just, like, every now and then popping up, like, at, maybe at the beginning, maybe at the end. Yeah. Or in it as a real character. I agree. Because he was in it, like, half. He was, like, half used. <laughs> and I was really interested in his and Harley's relationship. Yeah. Again, maybe that's why that should have been saved for a yeah. Harley movie. Yeah. Yeah, he was very underutilized. He was so good. And then just given half a storyline for no reason. Well, I thought, like, I, I've I've um, seen some and read some Suicide Squad stuff, and there are some bits where, like, the Joker actually takes over and he becomes the main villain. And this one, he sort of came in for a second and left. Yeah. Like, how, how cool would it have been if he had actually been behind all the Enchantress stuff? That or, would have been really cool. Because he had, he had actually, like, arranged it so he could get Harley back. If it connected some way, but it didn't. Like, that was a completely different yeah. movie to the stuff with Enchantress. Like... In this, it would have been so cool if he had been behind it to get her. In this one, he had just sort of took the opportunity to save Harley because of things, other things were happening. Yeah. That's, is that the, really the Joker? Just no. an opportunity? Not really. Hey. He's calculating and manipulative yeah. and plans everything. Mm. He always has a backup plan and he didn't in this movie. Mm. Jared was really good though. He was really scary. Yeah. I was really, yeah. So, it was good. He wasn't just doing Heath Ledger again. No. So that's good. It was different. It was... Um, I felt more clown-like, more stylized. Mm-hmm. You said he seemed a lot more like the comic book Joker. Yeah, he did, um, which is good. I think that they're doing a different interpretation, mm. and and because they're in the world, this world is a bit um, more comic-like anyway. Yeah, He's got superpowers and stuff. I'm like Heath Ledger's one. Yeah, um, no, I really liked it. So I, like every time he was on the screen, I was like really, really like excited about this. But um, he wasn't on there. No, nearly enough. Or if they'd really put it back and made him like a cool reveal at the end or something. That would have been much cooler. Yeah. I feel kind of sad too because the stuff about him and Harley was so cool and their origins, well, Harley's origin story was really awesome. But they've already put it in this movie, so mm. they can't include that mm. in her movie. Well, there are talks about doing a Harley solo film. Yeah, but I just mean mm. like they've already covered how she came mm. to be Harley and mm. That she was his psychiatrist and everything. Yeah. So what are they going to do in the new movie? It was pretty cool when they were fighting Batman for that one scene too, hey? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was really awesome. Question though, the bit where she fell into the acid and he dove in after her. Yeah. Was it very weak acid? Like very watered down? <laughs> because it melted her makeup and his clothes. Yeah. Not the skin, nothing, just... <laughs> yeah, well, it is, I guess, in this world. That's what Okay. <laughs> Apparently there were more scenes um, with Jared Leader that they cut, though. So. Oh, really? Mm. I don't know about that. I wonder if they'll be um, on the extended cut or something, maybe. Oh, we, do we need an extended <laughs> cut of every film? You know that it'll happen, though. Yeah, probably. But um, considering he was such a big part of the lead-up, like the promotion of the film as well. Yeah. There'll be all those crazy stories about how like, he sent rats and whatever to people. and Yeah. Actually, it became such a story of him being so weird. It actually became a bit of a... People made fun of it, mm. doing it ironically. It was just so weird that that he wasn't in the film so much because the Joker was part of the promotional stuff so much, and he's in it for like five minutes. Weird. Yeah, 
underutilized. Really underutilized. Which is weird because usually the Joker is overutilized in I these agree. films, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost all about the Joker, whereas this one was all about Harley and Deadshot, which is fine. I just didn't see the need for having all the supporting characters then if they weren't going to be used properly or developed properly mm. or have proper backstories. And Harley and Deadshot have some sort of relationship in the comics. Oh, but really? they didn't really, they hinted towards that. But wouldn't it be cool if the Joker had like seen any of that sort of stuff? Or yeah. like been a part of it? I or... thought they were just kind of friends, Deadshot and Harley. Well, in this one, I think, yeah. 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 Okay. But Croc didn't have, like, what was his story? He just got turned into a crocodile man. No, he was born with a skin disease and then he was like his parents got rid of him or something. This is the comics, not in the movie. Yeah. The movie didn't t- no, say that's anything what I'm saying. about him. Didn't explain it at all. <laughs> in, in the comics, he like was born with that sort of disease that made his skin look like that. Right. And then he was treated really harshly his whole life and he turned into a cannibal sort of thing. Oh, okay. And then he, like, yeah, developed more croc-like stuff as he grew up. I yeah. see. And Jai Courtney's character, so he was just a jewel thief who threw boomerangs at people. Oh, yeah, he's like that. He's really, um, like, peak physical appearance and whatever. And yeah. And he, he can do stuff with boomerangs that no one else can, yeah. Jai Courtney with the most broad Australian accent. It was really interesting watching it here in Australia. Hey, it was. much different in other countries. I agree. Like, I wonder what the people in, like, Japan would feel about the Katana character. Probably the same thing. Probably eh? the same thing. Yeah. I have a real issue with how Australians are represented in these kinds of movies. Why do we have to be represented as the larrikin, boomerang, oh, come on, mate, kind of character that's mm. dumb and stupid and... Well, we aren't really represented at all, though. Well, no. This is, like, but... one of the only ones who've been in superhero films. But he was a caricature. He wasn't a representation of real Australian people yeah. who were just normal like everyone else. Yeah. So some of the reason for that sort of stuff is that these characters were created like back in the 50s and 60s when that sort of stuff wasn't as like wasn't so PC and whatever. Mm. However, that doesn't excuse them doing it now in 2016 making these no. characters so bad. Yeah, yeah, they can't say, "Oh, it's because it's the original character," really, can they? Oh, how cool it would have been to do a gritty Captain Boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> He's just just turned into a bit of a joke, yeah. but not even a funny one. Yeah. All the supporting characters are pretty poor, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't care about any of them. I really no. didn't. There's all this thing in the lead up too about um, Scott Eastwood's character and like who is he going to play and whatever. He just some random guy who's in the army. Some random like secondary army guy that's in like two scenes. Yeah, may as well not have been in it. No, not at all. Mm. Could have had anyone play that. Mm. Overall, I think it was a very boys movie. It's mm-hmm. a movie about superheroes featuring mainly men and a skanky. Margot Robbie, which I understand who Harley is as a character and I understand she's quite sexualized and I don't have an issue with her being in skimpy clothing. I had an issue with every shot of her face was followed by a low angle shot of her ass hanging out of her shorts and I just don't see the need for that. I really don't. I have a question about this. Yeah. At the beginning of the film, when they were doing those shots, when she was in her costume finally, mm. it seemed like her short shorts were covering everything. As the film went on, they got were s- they riding up on her? I think they were going, <laughs> she's going to be a wedgie. Yeah. She just didn't, didn't have time. <laughs> didn't have time to pick it out. <laughs> I just feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about this. So because the question is, is it empowerment or is it? Sexualization of her. It's sexualization. Yeah. It's not empowerment at all. Margot Robbie is such a good actor. She was so good as Harley. But why did every second shot have to be of her ass? Why? 
Didn't need to be, did it? Because it's a boys' movie. Because the twenty-year-old boys who live in their mother's basements come to the movie and get to watch some superheroes and some people fight with guns and get to see Margot Robbie's ass. I, it just angers me because I think it's better. We can be better than that. Why do we have to do that? And it'd be cool if she was just treated as a character, right? Yeah, I, I think Harley is such an interesting character. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get a bit of shit for saying all this because I'm a woman, so I'm like being a feminazi or whatever. Well, you just got you just come from a different opinion. That's fine. I just don't understand why every shot has to be like looking up at her butt and like she's the only character when she transformed back into Harley Quinn when they became part of the Suicide Squad that got a full body pan of her getting dressed and whatever. And I understand that that was the joke. We were all looking at her and she got dressed in the public and didn't really care. Mm. She was the only character that did that. Mm. You know, you said Will Smith was shirtless in the beginning when he was punching the boxing bag or something. There was no pan over his abs or anything like that. It wasn't gratuitous. Yeah, yeah. It was very gratuitous for Margot. Definitely. It's the male gaze. That's what it is. Yeah, it's the male gaze in a superhero film. Like, be more predictable, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. I just, it really, really angered me and it made me... I know I'm probably not the target audience for these films, but it really made me switch off from enjoying it. Every time it happened on the screen, and it happened a lot, literally every time she spoke, there was a shot from her speaking and then there was a shot behind of them walking off and you could see her butt. Every single time I just went, oh, well, there's no point. This movie isn't made for me. This movie isn't trying to be made for me. It's not trying to do anything to help the representation of women in film. It's It's just catering to that predictable patriarchal society where we want to degrade women and only value them because of their sexuality. Yeah. What I don't like about it is that everyone involved in the film is better than that. Yeah, yeah. Don't you reckon? I absolutely agree. Like, they totally knew better. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Because she could have been, been sexy but powerful and sexy and a character. She didn't have to be sexy with the butt cheeks hanging out, did she? Well, the thing is, though, she was Harley and great as Harley. And then it was almost like an add-on, like, oh, yeah, P.S., don't forget she's a woman that has mm. a butt. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't she's Harley in a character. Mm. Everything had a footnote that don't forget she's sexualized. She's a woman who can be sexualized. And that was never not done for any other character. And mm. it didn't add anything doing that, no, treating her like that. Not at all. There was no greater purpose. There was no... We're doing this to, to prove, like, satirically that this is wrong or anything. It was just, and it was no just like, male gaze, wasn't it? It was yeah. no, like, oh, this is like this because Harley's crazy. No, mm. no, no. Mm. It, she can be a crazy character. She can wear skimpy clothes. We don't need to gratuitously film that and shove it in the audience's face. But they did it because mm-hmm. I'm sure all the 20-year-old boys who saw the movie last night loved it. The thing about Harley, though, is that the most interesting thing about her isn't that she wears skimpy clothes. It's her twisted relationship with the Joker. Exactly. Their codependent exactly. sort of weird thing they have. And by minimising her character into the fact that she's a sexualized woman. Mm-hmm. Could be anyone. Exactly. Didn't do that to be Harley, did it? No, no. It is really sad because Harley Quinn is probably one of the only comic book female characters out there that gets a good run, you know. And then for the fact to her have been treated yeah, pretty badly. like a piece of meat in this mm. film. Isn't there, isn't there there's some... Um, um, feminist tests on movies where 
can you replace this character with a, a yeah. lamp or something? Yeah. yeah, something like that. And would it have pretty the same much? Thing? Hey, yeah. this one. All the, all the female characters. Yeah. She was amazing, though. I don't. I'm not having a go at Margot. I'm having a go at the way she was treated. Yeah. She was phenomenal, and her she did Harley really well, and all the flashbacks of her as Doctor Quinlan were amazing. Mm. And I'd love to see more of her. I want to see more of that yeah. of their relationship and how that came to be and all that kind of stuff. I don't need to see more of her ass. <laughs> Well, hopefully in the future, going forward, Margaret Robbie can maybe, and her people, and everyone involved can treat her as a character, not as a mm. as a sexual piece of meat, as you said. Actually, I think what a lot of people wanted to see, and I wanted to see, was her in the Jester costume. They did that for a second. Oh, yeah, when she yeah. pulled it out of the thing. That's, that's the Harley costume I know and love. Yeah. That was cool. That was awesome, but she never put it on or anything, so. Well, she did in a flashback thing. Oh, yeah. It'd been so cool if she was walking around the bloody city in that. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like, I don't know, I, I didn't see a reason for it and I felt like a bit yucky. Yeah, as, it was a bit yucky, wasn't it? I felt, yeah. As, I, I was just thinking as you were talking that like Black Widow in the Marvel movies mm. is kind of treated the same way, isn't she? She always but, wears a, a v-neck skin tight black the, top. Especially in the first film, she's in Iron Man 2, she's yeah. that sexualized character. But as the films are going on, and she's had like what, five movies or whatever now, mm. she has become a character. She she's has. not just a, a piece of ass. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's going to happen to Harley in the future. But... I just felt a bit, I don't know, maybe this is just my experience and obviously take it with a grain of salt, but last night I was sitting in a cinema with mostly young men watching a woman represented on screen totally sexualized for their viewing pleasure. And I just felt a bit yucky that that is how, I don't know, how women are, are viewed by these people in superhero movies where, you know, most young boys are going to see these movies, right, about superheroes. So that's a great opportunity. You've got a captive audience there to do something really great about women, to represent them as really strong, as real people, as you know, equal to men. And I feel like that could have been, I don't know, that but could have what? had an impact because they were going to see that. And it had the same impact with her being treated like shit because they're seeing that too. Well, they did have a, a strong female character who was the best character in a, in a superhero film and that was Wonder Woman in Batman vs Superman earlier in the year. She yeah. Was great. She was great. Why did she need to wear a miniskirt and a bustier? I don't know, but she was a good character, wasn't she? <laughs> she was, and yeah. And hopefully her film looks great. So it's coming out next year and yeah. that'll be a good um, female thing. About that, I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I totally agree with you. But do you think that we just watch things on TV and then that's what we think about stuff? Or do you think that we see those things and we can take, we, we negotiate our own meaning from it? Um, I think both. Only people who are... Not everyone's intelligent enough to question what they're being fed by media and okay. film and stuff. I also feel like, yes, no, they're not watching a Nazi film and then suddenly turning into Nazis. Mm. But I think that stuff has a um, sub-level, like subconscious kind of effect on you. Mm. If you watch movies that only have women in skimpy clothes, that's going to eventually have an effect on you that that's how you see women mm. it can't not if that's all that you're consuming mm. that can't not have an effect do you think that you can negotiate your own meaning 
Um, I don't know. Sometimes. Do you just believe what you see on TV, or does it? Do you? No, I. But I question lots of things mm. like that. Okay. I just. I don't know. That, that, that sort of thing happens in in media theory about whether it's like the, um, like a hypodermic needle, where mm. things just happen and we take that and that's what we think now because that's what we're told to think or that's the message that we we are given by the film or the TV show or whatever. I think people are a bit more intelligent than that. But I do think that some people are more impressionable, like kids and whatever. Mm. But like but you've you've seen the same thing as these boys have seen and then you've had this had a different reaction. Yeah. You don't know these boys with film that they all oh this is great, no, this is sexy, that's whatever. That's true, I wasn't. But so. I feel like if this is what's continually happen- happening to women on film, that's sending a larger message that that's mm. all that women can do. Yeah. Or is film just representing what society thinks? Or is society representing what film thinks? I don't know. We're getting too metal. <laughs> no, it's all right. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it's about you either. We can cut this if you don't like it. But some people think like, oh, only stupid people just get spoon-fed, whatever, I'm intelligent, I, I, I'm I, fine, movies don't affect me, but the stupid people need to be protected from them, you know. Mm. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, that's just like a, that's the, the protectionist sort of argument about that. Yeah, maybe I was saying that a bit, maybe I am being um, self-righteous, but I just feel like I don't like how young boys treat girls in our age group anyway. That's why I'm with you because you're not like everyone else. And I see that this movie was a complete reflection of that, mm, yeah. which just made me shut down. Yeah, that's fair enough. I wasn't saying those things, I, but I believe them about you necessarily. Just like yeah. that's the argument. Yeah. Um, thank you for saying that. You're great too. <laughs> Thing is, though, we don't know what we don't know and we can't see with others, another person's eyes. Yeah. And so it's really important that women get their opinion out there about these sort of things because, well, you know, ever, yeah. <laughs> they haven't been able to say that sort of thing. Yeah. And so what you're saying is not necessarily correct 100% of the time about this is what Harley was like, mm. but also that's okay that you have that opinion. It's good that it's out there and people can, can see that and think about it and, mm. and have that counter-argument and that sort of thing. And in a civilised society, we'd have that argument, we could have this sort of thing, talk about it, and then come to a new conclusion, or even not come to a conclusion, but talk about it and at least appreciate someone else's view. However, when women talk about these things on Twitter and stuff, usually they just get death death threats and rape threats. So maybe there is some truth to your opinion about about women and stuff in in society. I, I feel like, too, I can't, you know, I don't know enough about this to have a strong, very coherent opinion on it. But at the end of the day, I felt yucky. Yeah. And that's got to mean something mm-hmm. about how I mm-hmm. felt and my emotional mm. response watching it more than my, more than putting my thoughts together in a, in a logical argument. You yeah, know? definitely. Well, I'd, there'd be the same thing about, um, say, a person of colour who, who sees themselves on screen in a really stereotypical racist way. Yeah. And they might not know how to express it, like you're not quite sure how you can express it, but they just feel it's wrong. You know? Yeah. And that's totally right. And I would never be able to feel that way because I'm not a woman, I'm not a person of colour, I wouldn't know that. So, mm. The same know. as when you hear someone make a racist or a sexist joke mm. and you're not quite sure what's wrong with it, like mm-hmm. maybe you don't realise it's racist or sexist to begin with, mm-hmm. but you feel there's something not quite right. Yeah, definitely. It's the same kind of thing, like, you know, something's not quite right there. It made me feel funny watching it. I didn't like it. I didn't mm. like when all the boys around me 
suddenly went silent when it, her ass mm. was on screen, <laughs> you know, like their eyes were glued to it. Mm. I just that, feel like... it's a weird thing because, like, sex isn't a bad thing either, you know. No, and, I don't want it to be hidden like that, yeah. yeah. I and, just... I, and it'd be good if women are empowered to be sexual, you know, with their own um, their own initiative, you know. But it's the fact that she was just sexual... That's and I feel thing. like it was the fact that it was only her that was sexual. Yeah, definitely. All the boys could wear normal clothes and be yeah, normal. for sure. Why did she have to be dressed like that? And why As did a, she have to... And some of that goes back to the comics probably because the comics are very sexualized in how they treat women. Absolutely. So, yeah. But then that goes things. back to our argument just because it was done then doesn't mean yeah, you can but, do it no, now. definitely, for sure. I just... Harley's so cool and I can't mm. wait to see a single Harley movie if there is one. Mm. She I, holds her own against a Batman, you know? So. Absolutely. <laughs> I just don't want her to be, I don't know, a sexualized representation of me, of a woman, yeah. of all women. I don't totally. think that's fair. And I don't like the fact that boys get to see us like this. Mm. Like I feel like there's a real power balance there mm-hmm. that I don't like. Mm. I, I don't know how to say this without sounding really contrived, but in a way... Her being half-naked was the same as me being half-naked. She was representative of all women, whether she wanted to be or not. Mm. And by her being exposed, it kind of made me feel exposed. And by everyone ogling at her, I too felt ogled at. Mm. And I know that sounds really contrived and silly, but, again, I think it's difficult to understand unless you have experienced something like this. Such a minority representation and a sexist representation and I'm just sick of men, of white men getting to decide how everyone is represented in film. Mm. And I understand what you said before about, you know, it's not a hypodermic needle. It doesn't mean that everyone thinks women are like this now. But I do think it has some kind of subconscious effect. Like, I don't know, I just... Obviously, this coupled with how you're raised, I think that's got a lot to do with it. If you're a young boy and and you're seeing this on TV, but your parents are very, you know, mm. proactive, left-wing, you know, open about things, that would be different. But I don't know. I was going to say I worry for the people who aren't, but then that leads back into your protectionist argument that you said before. So. Well, I wasn't, no, again, I wasn't saying that you're stupid for saying that. I'm saying yeah, no, that's yeah. the argument people have is that, we all think we we know what's going on and we're okay with watching stuff, but it's the stupid people who need to be protected, mm. which, you know, that's that can't be true all the time, can it? But, no. You know, no. there's stuff that we don't know that we don't know that we Absolutely. don't know Absolutely. that we know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was trying to say there is that as well that um be awesome if she was a sexually empowered woman, but she wasn't sexually empowered because the imbalance was that she was the naked one, basically, mm. and everyone was goggling at her and the, the camera shots lingered on her butt and whatever. So she wasn't actually sexually empowered, was she? No. Because in that, you know, it'd be great if she was Yeah. one day. Yeah. Because sex isn't a bad thing and, and that's just as bad to be treated that way, but that wasn't the case here, was it? No. Just I think what we're saying before, sum it up, sloppy. Yeah. Everything was a bit sloppy, wasn't it? Sloppy, fragmented trying a bit too hard to be like i think they were trying to be trying to get her sexually empowered but she wasn't at all no and they were trying to like have jokes and they didn't really land and they they were were trying to be funny and cool and they were trying to get the joker in there but they just didn't know how to yeah (laughs) lots of trying and failing and yeah i yeah i 
would be interested to know what this movie was supposed to be. Mm. I think there'll be some stories out in the future. Yeah. I think sometimes they do that to like a PR sort of thing. Oh, definitely. You know, to, to save it a bit, you know. Totally. You know, after Batman versus Superman that happened. Mm. Whether or not there were issues there, we'll never know. It was... Just as a last note, in his brief appearance, Ben Affleck, wonderful. Yeah, it was really great. Ben Affleck is the shining light of these films, <laughs> isn't he? You've got a soft spot for Ben, though. I do like Ben a lot. Yeah. I never really liked him before a couple of years ago, but... It's your new obsession. Not new. We've had a few good years together, <laughs> me and Ben. He really he's great, though. I don't, I'm getting to the point where I don't see Ben on screen. I see Bruce. Oh, really? Yeah, it's good, hey? I'm not quite there, I don't think. I think he's got a good haircut, looks like, and a good, his like appearance looks like comic book Bruce and mm. cartoon Bruce. Okay, it's been a bit of a long one, but we had some good things to talk about. Today's just seen the, the, <laughs> the screen. The runtime. <laughs> oh. Sorry, everyone, I went on a bit of a rant. All right, this will be good. Ben, are you asleep yet? Ben's probably asleep. Is Ben the only one that listens to this, though? No, your dad listens. Ben and dad. Your mum listens to too, I think. Ben, dad, and mum. My parents are still getting there with podcasts. They haven't heard a single one. (laughs) (laughs) If you are another person (laughs) that is listening and you would like to contact us, we'd really like to hear from you. Um, You can send us an email at slpodcasting at gmail.com. It's in the description thing on SoundCloud. Um, And if you don't want to do that, don't want to contact us, which is fine. Don't. It's a big effort. But (laughs) just tell somebody else you like the show. Yeah. Tell your mum. Or your dad. Or your Ben. Or your Ben. (laughs) We've all got a Ben. (laughs) All right. Love you, Ben. Love you, Ben. Love you, Mum. Love you, Dad. You're okay, Mum and Dad. And everyone else who's listening. Bye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.